Looking to tailgate this summer? Stop by One Stop on the way. One Stop number six, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. One Stop serves fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Feeding a crowd? Get 16 pieces of chicken and sides for just $27.99. Craving wings? Come try our new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters and a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular hot ranch or spicy. One stop number six, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Maylor Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture, located at 205 North Cherry Street in Kernersville, is your family chiropractor. Dr. Maylor's goal is to treat and correct the underlying cause of patient symptoms to alleviate pain and to restore balance. Maylor Chiropractic treats pain, sports injuries, injuries from auto accidents, and much more. Start performing to the best of your ability pain-free. Give them a call and set your appointment today at 336-996-3737. Maylor Chiropractic in Kernersville. This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the director of instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson. You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you and keep it in the fairway. This is Coach Rez, head coach of your Carolina Cobras arena football team. You're listening to TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Charlotte out of timeout. score second and third one out in the second and didn't score smith corks went into right down the line it may go go crazy folks go crazy it's a home run and the cardinals have won the game welcome to the score here's your host brett Wiseman. oh are we going now oh shoot i'm sorry Sorry, guys. I was just finishing up my lunch there. Um, welcome to the score with Brett Wiseman here at Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Alex Wober, Desmond Johnson, Christian Emery. NFL draft is behind us. Christian, you get an F. Yeah, I'm used to it. Biggest F, like, ever. <laughs> I'm used to it. the past 20 years of the draft. Like, you did terrible. God awful. Yeah. yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, hey, we got. I'm I'm content with getting Todd Chandler. I'm content with that. That made it a little bit better. We made but better still. signings after the draft. Oh yeah, <laughs> Thomas Hennigan. Yes, I know. And I'm yeah. I'm just. I don't know. I. It's been a week, and I'm still trying to process exactly what Ladies they and did gentlemen. in that draft. The president of the Minnesota Vikings fan club gives his state of the Vikings address. 
<laughs> I knew that text would come back to bite me. Anyway, um, I don't that. The only thing, the reason I can figure out that they did not draft a quarterback is because they're going to give Kirk Cousins this year is going to be his make or break year. Granted, he's already had that three or four times by now, but here we are. Um, they didn't take a quarterback because, I mean, outside of Kenny Pickett with his tiny hands, we had it wasn't really that deep of a draft class um, for quarterbacks anyway. And I guess they think that the problem was more Mike Zimmer, uh, Rick Spielman, who Kirk Cousins did get along with or didn't really talk to from what I've read. Um, so they're just going to go give Kirk this year with a pretty good offense. Need to tweak some offensive line things, but here we are. Um, and then they're going to see with a head coach that he's worked with before just to see what he does. But for me, it's a make or break year for, uh, for Kirk Cousins. And I think anything less than a second round playoff, well, don't make the playoffs. I think he's gone. If he makes the second round, consider it. And then, I don't if think you don't give get past wild card weekend. Axe. No, yeah, pretty much. I That's... think I think you're right. I think this is a make or break year. Um, I feel like Carolina might do the same thing with uh, Matt Coral. No, sorry, Matt Corral. Corral. <clears throat> by the way, it's pronounced Corral, like Golden Corral, who, by the way, came to his defense on Twitter. Oddly enough, I don't know if anybody saw that. I saw uh, it. They, they've been poking around Golden Corral for a couple of days, and finally, Golden Corral's. Twitter account responded to uh yes they responded with you know words of encouragement and wisdom and then added a disclaimer not liable for food poisoning caused at any of our 350 terrestrial US locations um yeah don't let him dip his finger in the chocolate fountain yeah no not it no nope I I swear I'm never going to a golden corral again I went to one when I was 12 on a on a summer church trip never happening again Oh, they're, they're absolutely like not sponsored by Golden Corral. Nah, Golden Corral's the spot, man. You got to go to the newer ones, the ones that are remodeled. They're actually like clean looking. Like there's one. Those uh, exist? Yeah, there's one on Wendover in Greensboro that's been remodeled. And there's another one. I can't think of top of another my head. One, another another one in Haynes Mall. Yeah, the one in Haynes, Haynes Mall is okay. Yeah, they're all right. Uh, but it's not uh, It's not. It's not Texas Roadhouse right next door, right? Oh, well, you know, if Texas Roadhouse was a buffet, then it would win hands down. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's also very crowded. It's hard to get in there. It takes about three business days to get a table. Anyways, <laughs> um, Alex, the best thing I can tell you is B-ish. I see Kenneth I will Walker take Rookie of the Year I'll take that. on your screen. I was shocked when you had back-to-back picks early in the second round, neither of them were on a quarterback. Granted, I see the logic in it now, seeing how far everyone not named Kenny Pickett fell. Well, the way I look at it is, and I think a lot of Seahawks fans look at it the same exact way, is this draft, everybody, including myself, if excluding Seahawks fans, pretty much thought that they were going to go quarterback second round. If Malik Willis fell, if somebody that they liked fell. They met a lot of times with Malik Willis. We got to that pick, and what do you know? It's not a quarterback. It's a – I believe they go, they go Kenneth Walker, obviously, with the second pick. I think they went corner with that first pick in Kobe Bryant. Or I could be wrong. It could have been Abraham Lucas. One of those two guys. But my takeaway from this draft was, yes, we didn't go quarterback, but they were building this team around Drew Locke. They're going to give Drew Locke a chance. And that's the 
the way I see it right now is that they're even Pete came out and said, we're probably not going to trade for a quarterback. But he also said the day before that we weren't trading Russell Wilson. So take that message with a grain of salt. But yeah, I, I'd take a B. I'd take, I think it's an A just because we, we went with players that I wanted for the first time and since probably 2011. So I get, I'll take a B. Well, here's the thing. You, you addressed your needs 100%. But the Vikings, you, and the Carolina Panthers, I feel like all three are in the same boat. And that's where we're going to tie this whole discussion in. All three of you have quarterbacks that are either fringe starters or are overpaid current starters. Drew Locke is a fringe starter. The other two are wildly overpaid, mediocre quarterbacks. Am I am I wrong? I, I think you're I think you're hitting the nail on the head there because I can't really grade Drew Locke yet because I've we've only seen him for maybe a one full season. And we've and seen his best him game him, was against the Panthers. Right. It was an it played with an inept offense. We'll call it that with Denver. Barely had an offensive line in front of it, barely had time to move or breathe back there. So I feel like all three teams are in the same boat where this is the make or break year for all three of those quarterbacks. Only one of the three took one in this year's draft. The Panthers took a chance on Matt Corral. I think that's a great pick. I think it's if you're going to take a chance on somebody, and there's, if there's one guy that needed for sure to sit behind a guy for a year, it was Matt Corral. Malik Willis, same thing. Both those guys are too raw and have way too much arm, wild arm strength. Needs to be reined in a little bit. But what? do you really want that guy to be that you're learning behind to be Sam Darnold? That's you know the what? other thing. The the thing with Sam, I, I've had some time to kind of reflect on this now with Sam Darnold. And honestly, he is what he is. He's not gonna be a uh top tier elite Pat Mahomes type quarterback. He's just not gonna be that. But he doesn't have to be for what he has around him. He doesn't need to be that at all. He just I've said it before, he just needs to be Troy Aikman. Throw it for about 250 yards a game. Two or three touchdowns, no interceptions, about sixty percent completion rate, and that's it. You don't, off, you don't need to do uh, anything. End else. up with a massive TV deal, yeah. Well, that's after the fact, but <laughs> for what I need him for in Carolina right now, that's it, and that's what he was doing the first three games. Now, uh, if he can't do it after what they have done this off season, then yeah, that, that I mean, that's it. You know, Sam, you're pretty much going to be a wrap, and it's going to be even harder for you to find a job than it is for Baker Mayfield right now, apparently, but. If he can't do this with a revamped offensive line that literally looking at the names, they've gone from probably the worst offensive line in the league to probably a top 10 unit for what they did to fix this offensive line. You're going to have Christian McCaffrey back healthy, and he was undefeated with McCaffrey in the lineup. Uh, you've got a full wide receiver room. You've got a young, hungry defense. There is no reason for Sam Darnold to not succeed. But I'm happy that Carolina didn't reach at six because I was starting to get worried they were going to just pick a quarterback at six because everyone was telling them to. And the fact that they they may have landed the best talent in this entire draft at pick six yep. with uh, Ike Kwanu without having to move anything for him. And then they got the quarterback that apparently offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo liked the most out of all of these quarterbacks and Matt Corral because he talked about him basically without saying his name in the press conference five days before. So I think the I think the Panthers actually – the Panthers have nailed their drafts the past three years. This, so, is, this is an A. And if you could pull up I think, the draft I think they got class – yeah, if you could pull up their draft class for us real quick. Panthers fans, um, 
Scott Fitterer and company have done an exceptional job again this year. Um, yeah, Alex, thank you um, for that. So we know where he came from. Um, I mean, just look. Yeah, you got the <clears throat> Matt Cobb pick we talked about. Look at the guys behind there. You've got a really good guard in Cade Mays. That's a six-round potential diamond in the rough pick. Yeah, that was um, good pick. No second-round picks. So you did what you could later on. And with two picks in the sixth round, one-seventh and one-fourth, Brandon Smith had a really good year last year for Penn State. Kalen Barnes played against some of the best offenses in the country the past three years playing in the Big 12, played against the Oklahomas, the Oklahoma States, the, you know, the conference where defense is obsolete. Uh, he was one of the better players in that conference overall, uh, individually in terms of his coverage. Um, and remember, he covered the Oklahoma and Oklahoma State state receivers that are, you know, tearing it up at the next level right now. So that's a really, really good pick. Um, again, you, you address the needs. You get the star offensive lineman. You get your quarterback of the future, hopefully. Um, you get a really good middle linebacker. You get a tremendous edge rusher. Um, and you settle it and, you know, get a depth O-line piece and a depth corner. So, yeah, the, needs the needs were addressed. The one thing with Carolina that, uh, if you notice through their picks, and this has been a trait of Matt, of, uh, Matt Rule the, the past three years he's been here, all those picks they picked, just looking at this year, they all share some sort of common trait. They're either some sort of freaks of nature athletically or they're super fast. Um, and that's been a thing that they've been pushing with Carolina the past couple of draft classes. Uh, Brandon Smith from Penn State, he ran like a 4440. Um, at like 240 something pounds, it's so a middle linebacker we're talking yeah. about here. So, yeah. this is somebody that's gonna be able to help Shaq Thompson and those boys, uh, on that second line of defense. There, uh, the pick from Virginia Tech actually reminds us of Brian Burns. Um, yeah. he just really only has one rush move right now, so uh, but he's built basically the same six foot six, like two, 250, something like that. He's I mean, basically he's looks built. like Brian Burns, he, he's a unit, so and and then uh, Kalen Barnes ran like a 42240. At his pro day at uh, at Baylor, which would have been the fastest forty time, like ever, <laughs> like, much. like yeah. Bo Jackson type uh, forty time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. I mean, the cornerback room is packed at Carolina right now, but you get a guy like Barnes, maybe you turn him into a kick returner. Who they went in there that's, looking that's for? That's what I was getting ready to say. That's the one thing that that I heard a lot of people say. He's either going to be a gunner or you put him in as a nickel corner, kind of somebody that can jump route super quick with those quick feet. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know if they have room to put him at nickel. Like the secondary at Carolina is probably their deepest unit between. I mean, you got to remember they just drafted J.C. Horn last year in the first round and only played three games before he got hurt. And he was a shutdown corner, really, or trending that way. They just re-signed Dante Jackson for the other side. Uh, they traded Jacksonville for C.J. Henderson, who was a top ten pick two years before. Uh, they still have, you know, guys like Troy Pride and Keith Taylor and. They've got it. That's why uh, Gilmore didn't come back because although he lives across the street from Scott Fitterer, there's just no room in the cornerback room for a 31 year old cornerback. And, you know, shout out to him. He got a great deal in Indy. But uh, the, the Carolina picks, they go with what they needed. People were mad they didn't have a second round pick, but they didn't need one. They, they had 11 picks right. last year. Like, you don't have to go into the draft with 20 picks. Like, just get what you need. Another thing, too, that I noticed in this draft class, I, I absolutely love the Brandon Smith selection because yep. you get him in the fourth round. who He could be a day-one starter, and he's also got chemistry with your other potential edge rusher in Matos, who was also a Penn State defensive lineman. You got those two 
on the defense. And if they do go with Matos opposite of Brian Burns, I think if if Brandon Smith does end up being a day one starter, uh, you got your replacement, Hassan Reddick, right there potentially. I agree. I agree. And we'll we'll see. I mean, they've this team is so young. Like they've basically rebuilt this entire thing on the draft, and then they plug in one year guys with something to prove, like Reddick last year. Uh, that was able to move on. But the core of this team is the draft. If you look through the past three years of the draft, that's where the core of this Carolina Panther team is. And honestly, they're getting to a point where if they can just get average quarterback play, they'll make the playoffs. They just yep. need average quarter. They don't need spectacular, like 4,500 yards. They just need – don't screw it up. <laughs> just don't they need, screw they it need, up. They need Jimmy G game management, which is and, if, if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, yeah. But – that's do you still go after him? Do you still go after someone like a Jimmy G? Because if the Baker Mayfield, I don't even know what's happening with Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure why. No one does. They're out. No They're one out. wants him. Like, They're why? Out. Why does no one want Baker Mayfield? I don't understand this. Because nobody wants to do the Browns a favor. <laughs> because, that's, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, no, that, though, that's, because... no that, he's not kidding. That's. Yeah. I mean, I feel he it. is too pricey. He's way too pricey because they're not willing to take on that part of his contract, which that totally turns off every single team that wants Baker Mayfield. That's the exact reason why they want him is for them to not have to take on his entire contract. You know, the problem is going to be when Deshaun Watson's still not able to play week one and they still have Mayfield on the team. What do you do then? Like, cause they're not going to cut him. You have teammates team. now talking trash about Baker Mayfield, how one of the teammates, they, I think it was a unanimous who it was, or they said that, talking about the OBJ post earlier in the season, how his dad posted highlights of Baker missing OBJ, this anonymous player said, I don't need to look at that online. I see it every day in practice. <laughs> wow. I mean, but he had Jarvis Landry on the other side. He had weapons all over the place. Was he supposed to just force feed it to OBJ like all day? Like, And OBJ was coming off an injury, wasn't he? He was. He yeah. was. Yeah. I, He's see, always I, injured. I thought it was something like off the field. Like he maybe – there was something I forgot. There, did, there had like a, to be some kind of quarrel child or, or something. With management, yeah. So something I'm convinced something happened that we don't know about. Uh, very quickly, because we got to get in a break here. I would like to give my Green Bay Packers a solid B. Um, uh, no, you did not. You did that. not pick a wide receiver in the first round, but you got a darn good guy in Christian Watson. Who doesn't have to change uh, change jersey colors, by the way. He stays in green and gold, uh, coming from North Dakota State. His dad was actually picked by Green Bay in 1993 and played four seasons for, in the NFL, two of which uh, were with Green Bay, uh, 93 and 94. Um, so there's that connection. But, dude, you've got your MVS to Electric Boogaloo right there. Uh, you got you got your deep threat for Aaron. You go out and get Sammy Watkins. You get some really good offensive linemen. The kid they picked out of Wake Forest only allowed three sacks last year total uh, on 576 pass attempts with somebody rushing against him. Um, the lineman out of UCLA is really good too. Um, two really good wide receivers at the back end of the draft out of uh, out of Nebraska and Nevada. Um, we know uh, what guys that come out of the Fresno State Nevada uh, pack can do, considering that. Uh, I will say Monte one thing, Adams, Brett. Yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Ro, uh, Mr. Romeo, there. Romeo Dobbs. A four four seven. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs. It was a four four seven. So yeah, there's another deep threat. The kid they got out of Nebraska slept on. Sean Ryan's a freak of nature. 
Uh, there's Christian Watson, 6'4", 208. Scroll down to his 40 time. Yeah, 436, four, so quicker. I so just, got- I, you know, I'm sorry. I know that you're enthusiastic about it, but <laughs> I don't feel like the Packers are any closer to being in the Super Bowl than they were when the day started well, no, Thursday. Here's, they're, they're not. They had a good draft. That means nothing to where this so team the, stands right now. So does that mean it was here's, good? Look, a good draft does not mean you are exponentially a 100% better team than you were coming into it. That means you're set up well for the now and for the future. Okay? For the right now, you're set up good. You're not set up great. I, I will say something, though, about this the Christian Watson pick. He was uh, Trey Lance's wide receiver, so this might help the Packers beating the 49ers for once. Whoa, there, there you go. You might have some dirt finally. Um <laughs> One more thing I will add um, in a message to Packers management. T.Y. Hilton is still out there. They got to go get some wide receivers because this I've heard this whole thing about, uh, yes, they do develop late-round wide receivers. No, they don't do it it in their rookie year. Usually it takes them three or four years to emerge. That's why Equinemius St. Brown never developed. Jeff Janis never developed. Jared Averderis never developed. All these guys were late-round receivers. So you have the success rate, but in the same vein, you don't have time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you have these guys for the next two, three, four years to develop, but you got to go get somebody now. T.Y. Hilton is sitting at home on his couch waiting for somebody to call. Green Bay, needs to, Green Bay needs to pull the trigger on a trade for a wide receiver that is still on the rookie deal and <clears> has not happened in yet. Don't, don't even say that name. Don't even that, say hey, that. Actually, actually <laughs> don't even mold. say that name. That would actually fit the mold. Somebody like that or even somebody like well, not, fit gonna my mood. not gonna Carolina's door for somebody like Robbie Anderson or or go to uh well Dallas already got rid of Amari Cooper. Um yeah. There's, there's receivers out there they can go get. They cannot depend on these rookie wide receivers with a 37-year-old Aaron Rodgers. To Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. still floating around out there. I mean, actually, actually would be a perfect pick for them. Um, he'd come in as the de facto number one. But if they're just going in there with these rookie wide receivers, who's your number one wide receiver right now? Alan Lazard. See what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I mean, that, that's, that, that's not – if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I back? Like, I came back, and the team is worse than four months ago when I was threatening to, to not come back at all. What was the quote, though, from Aaron Rodgers? He said, I thought I was coming back with Devontae. Is that uh-huh. correct? Something to that well, effect, yeah. Yeah, he thought – he. well, the quote was he thought his coming back would lead Devontae to want to come back on the franchise tag. Devontae's he thought that Devontae – that he thought that if he made the sacrifice of coming back, as he viewed it as a sacrifice, uh, Devontae Adams would make the sacrifice to come back too. Devontae Adams had decided months before and not told Aaron Rodgers that he wanted to go play in Las Vegas. 100% Devontae Adams' only MO this offseason was get me to play with Derek Carr, period. Get me to play with my college quarterback. That 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 is the only thing that mattered to him, period. That and getting paid. But number one was go play with Derek Carr. All right, let's get in the break here while we're in the midst of a tornado warning. What? You are listening to The Score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. 
Kim Source Direct is a single source supplier. In business since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you. Located in the heart of North Carolina, they supply cleaning products all throughout the Southeast. Whether you're a commercial business, office, or municipal building, looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment, or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store, open to the public, and save. Kim Source Direct, 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336-515-9990. Order from the website at kimsourcedirect.com. Area softball stars, register for the Diamond Star Softball Transfer Portal Showcase June 14th and 15th at Bob Lewis Park in Asheville, North Carolina. This showcase is for any player currently in the transfer portal or any JUCO player. Get the opportunity to showcase your skills in front of college coaches from all levels. Over the two-day event, players participate in evaluations such as softball skills and metrics by college sports evaluations, drill and team practice participation, and playing in three games. For more information, visit DiamondStarEvents.net or email Coach Ben McKinney at bmckinney at DiamondStarEvents.net. Maylor Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture, located at 205 North Cherry Street in Kernersville, is your family chiropractor. Dr. Maylor's goal is to treat and correct the underlying cause of patient symptoms to alleviate pain and to restore balance. Maylor Chiropractic treats pain, sports injuries, injuries from auto accidents, and much more. Start performing to the best of your ability pain-free. Give them a call and set your appointment today at 336-996-3737. Maylor Chiropractic in Kernersville. Hello, my name is Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey. I'm running at large for the Board of Education making sure all students have quality, accessible, and equitable education is my priority. It would be an honor to serve our community as a member of the board. Vote Sabrina Coon Godfrey for BOE during early voting or on primary day, May 17th. Paid for by Sabrina Coon Godfrey for BOE. It's Donald Ware, host of Botch to Row. I'm talking with Matt James, The Bachelor from season 25. Plus, I'm talking a lack of HBCU players in the National Football League draft right here on Botch to Row. From press box to press row with Donald Ware, Saturdays at 9 a.m. on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the director of instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson. You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you and keep it in the fairway. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Back to the score with Brett Wiseman here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman alongside Alex Wober, Christian Emery, our producer, Desmond Johnson. Uh, we will say for those of you listening in Yakin and Forsyth counties, you are under a tornado warning. That includes me and Des in Forsyth County. 
Uh, so uh, stay safe out there, and hopefully we don't lose power in the middle of the show, because that would suck. Um, haha, yeah, thanks. I appreciate the laughter there, Miss Byerly. Um, Me and Christian will keep it going while you guys like, come back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you two just babble on about something. I don't know. Uh, Christian's favorite you? quarterback on the planet has been uh, was picked by the Washington Commandos, Commanders, um, which is a bit of a shock, as was Bailey Zappi going to New England. Before we get into other topics, uh, Christian, would you like to talk about your Lord and Savior? Okay, that's a little far. Yes, I like Sam Howell, and I wish he ended up uh, on the Vikings, which obviously, as I talked about earlier, I can see why. But I'm just looking forward to it. I think he has a good chance to be a starter at by the end of this year, given the fact who he's going to be backing up. He's going to be backing up the often injury prone, in, often injury prone. There we go, Carson Wentz. If if we know the history of injuries on uh, whatever the name of the field is that the Commies FedEx, our Commanders yeah. FedEx Field, thank you. Whatever they play, Wentz Robert is going to get hurt. The third's career ended because of that grass being terrible. Remember yeah, and that? and we know that Carson Wentz is well for injury prone. It's obvious. So Just the only competition. Least. Yeah, to say the least. Um, the only competition he'll have for the backup spot is Taylor Heineke. And yes, Heineke has the NFL experience, but with Daomi Brown being a, uh, Red, a Redskins wide receiver, you would think that Howell might end up over Heineke at some point. I'm not saying right away, but if he gets the chance, I can see him taking that, uh, taking that ball and running with it, for lack of a better word. And Maybe pulling a a uh, a move that where he's named the starter and Wentz is on the bench for the rest of the year. I mean, my biggest question with UNC quarterbacks though is it is it going to be another Mitch Trubisky? You know, I always like to give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm not a I'm not a Tar Heel <laughs> hater. I'm not a Duke fan. I'm not neither. But after the Mitch Trubisky pick, I can't help but think every time a Carolina quarterback gets picked, that's going to be the result. Well, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, you can't rule it out because, I mean, we don't know what Howell's going to be able to do. Um, but against, granted, we got a much yeah. bigger sample size from him than we did Mitch Trubisky in college. Yeah, very so. true. Yeah, I think Trubisky only played, I think, 12 games in college. Howell played 12. Pretty much three full a, seasons. Yeah, he played three full seasons. I think he played in a bowl all three years. So 12, so it's 36, about 40 games if my math is right. But, yeah, he. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's more prepared than Mitch Trubisky was. Was he worth the top two overall pick? Neither one of them was. Let's be honest here. Um, but I think he could still. Uh, um, he could produce if given the opportunity. Especially like I said, they have Daomi Brown, who he lit up, who he lit up defenses with in his. Not this year. This year they had no wide receivers. This, but two seasons ago, so then they have the ability to. Uh, he, I think he has the ability to make an impact, but I think he it might take him a year or two to really get his footing in the NFL. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that's the case with, with every one of these quarterbacks. Um, either they're going to be longtime backups uh, or it's going to take them a while to get the starting job or it's going to take them a while to, to just simply get their footing. Um, let's move on here uh, to the National Hockey League. Um, Stanley Cup playoffs are in full force. The Carolina Hurricanes mentally, physically, emotionally own the Boston Bruins right now as they had through the entire regular season. 
Um, Andre Svechnikov cleanly, I might cleanly. Add, it was um, clean. Took Campus Lindholm's soul the other night uh, behind the so net. So much he's not playing tonight. <laughs> so much he is not playing tonight. But uh, I heard uh, the great. Sorry, I'm not even going to say say great. I can't even be sarcastic with this. The absolutely abhorrently idiotic Jack Edwards uh, of the New England Sports Network saying that Svechnikov launched, left his skates, and the principal point of contact was Hampus Lindholm's head. He said this during the game. When clearly on the replay, you can see on the hit, A, Andre Svechnikov's both his skates stay on the ice. One moves up an inch, but that's just because the forcefulness of the hit. That's called physics, Jack. Um <laughs> Number two, the principal point of contact was the chest plate above the spoked B. I yeah. zoomed in. It was. Come at and, me, Jack. I know you've had your job for 30 years, but you're terrible at it. Yeah, he was. And I think part of it was it I had I had to go back and watch it among among a couple other hits, which I'm sure we'll talk about, like the uh Rangers Penguins hit, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Which was a, um, I believe warrant or has gained a suspension now, which I don't even think Svechikov's been fined yet because no, there was no penalty given on no, the play. So, unlike Brad Marchand, who was fined five thousand dollars for uh, slashing. Anyway, say the line, um, Bart. <laughs> I didn't do it. Maximum allowed under the CBA. CBA. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was a clean hit. Um, I can. I heard. I saw some people say, "Oh, well, he hit him with his elbow." No, he didn't. He did not hit him he with his elbow. He shoulder hit. to chest. Exactly. Yeah. If anything, much. the forcefulness of the hit forced it forced his shoulder up through his chin. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. I mean, I had to go back and watch it multiple times. A, B, it was it was an awesome hit, and B, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, there's nothing nothing suspension worthy here, right? Because we can't afford to lose Svechnikov right now. Um, so well, there was no penalty given on the play, and they brought Dave Jackson on the ESPN broadcast. Dave Jackson said, "No, there shouldn't be a penalty. No, he hit him. He hit him clean." Yeah, there shouldn't have been. Dave Jackson I mean, he, was an NHL referee for 25 years, refereed six Stanley Cup finals. All right, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and I think part of it is just the whole thing with um, Pittsburgh. The whole thing with really Boston teams in general or their commentators is they always act like everyone's out to get them. I mean, the guy from uh, the guy from the Bruins broadcast acts like that. The guy who does Jack Edwards, yes, Jack Edwards, yeah. He's the he's the main culprit of all of that, but he just he needs. That's why I said he's look. Yeah. There's a difference between being a homer and being an idiot. Yeah, exactly. You can be a homer without being an idiot. Yeah, you can, and yeah. So I did, it was a legal hit. That's all. I'm just gonna leave it at that. It was. We'll, we'll definitely leave it at a clean that. Um, as for David Pasternak, by the way, which was a penalty. Um, yeah. He went in there with intent to rattle on Deronta. I don't know if there yeah, was intent did. to hurt, um, but. Yeah. What I heard later on was it wasn't the elbow up high that hurt Ronta. There was inadvertent contact during that, you know, hit lower uh, towards his leg where Pasternak actually kind of hit him too low, got around, his leg got around his pad, hit him in the shin or something like that. And that's why Ronta couldn't come back because he couldn't fully put weight down to bend that leg to get into position. Um, but I will say this, uh, Peter. Kochetkov. God bless you, sir. Uh, what's his last name again? I'm sorry. Kochetkov. Peter Kochetkov. Um, I saw a gif of you in the AHL challenging the entire Iowa Wild bench 
Literally, he called the entire bench some words we can't say on here and challenged all of them. Brad Marchand is, hold on, I, I got to read the tail of the tape here because like, it's, just com- it's just comical. Kids, this is why in nature, rats should not poke bears, okay? Let's get the tail of the tape here. Brad Marchand is a solid 5'9", 182, so he's yeah. tiny. Um, I was going to say something else. Um, uh, Kochekov is 6'3", 205, and Russian. And Russian. <laughs> On top yeah, of everything else. The other thing was, if you go back and watch that clip <clears throat> and zoom out a little bit, Linus Olmark is standing at the opposite, not Linus Olmark, uh, who was a Boston goalie. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Linus Olmark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Linus he won't be starting Olmark tonight is, for obvious reasons. He is standing at the opposite blue line, about to go out and challenge Peter. Good Peter is that, pointing at him with his blocker, like, hey, come here. He went after me. You saw what happened to him. Come after me. Get, come on. Get some of it. Come here. Yeah, and the funniest thing about this entire situation is... The best thing is this kid is 19. Yeah. He's not scared of anything. No, he's not. And the best... the Well, from the team perspective, the best thing about this is they wanted to... I don't know if it was intentionally to like injure Antiranta or anything, but... They wanted to kind of shake him or rattle him. But the thing is, you could see that that hit was going to, uh, or they were, tr- that hit late in the first, they, they were starting to rattle the Canes and try to bully them into playing a street style game, which is if you're. And they were Bruins, trying to draw them into stupid penalties. But yeah. And that's why guys but, like Vincent Trocek are out there to yeah, not only, and, the, to level things, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and not take stupid penalties. Because there's, no, there's a line. There's a line where you can get away with some stuff, but you can handle your business when the other team tries stuff like that and exactly. still stay out of the box. You saw how dangerous Carolina's power play was. Boston yeah. dug themselves a deeper hole by trying to draw Carolina into taking stupid penalties. They ended up with four or five guys in the penalty box at a time, and that's why they got blown out. Exactly. And one thing that I did, I did want to touch on um, – they were trying to draw Carolina to play stupid penalties, get in their heads, bully them like they were able to do um, two years ago when they played each other and in the bubble. It, that's been their MO for years. They've exactly. tried that, yeah. and it's, it's been successful. But It's been successful, but, I mean, it's not the ideal situation. But the thing is, you, and you could tell it was working at the end. It, it was starting to work at the end of the first period. It, right. it was. Carolina was taking some stupid penalties, making dumb things. In Boston, amped up the aggression. Thankfully, during the second period, there's uh, first intermission during going into the second. You have a head coach. If you're the Hurricanes, you have a head coach who's not going to let that happen. He's going. No, he's not he, going to take that. He's, he he's not going to take that. He's he played twenty years in the NHL, close to twenty years, and he knows that they, what they were trying to do. And if I have one coach who I would want to say, guys, just calm down. You guys will be fine. You're playing into their game. Don't let it happen. It's going to be Rod Brindamore, among others. And he knows not to uh, – uh, he knows that Boston is trying to do that. And he has a team that I think is mentally strong enough to um, to, to just ignore that. And, I mean, right. they've been – they've played Boston enough this year to know that that's the style that they're trying to do. And – they're not going to have it. And once Boston gets 
flustered in their um, quote-unquote tough guy routine doesn't work, they have nothing else to try. And Carolina is going to take advantage of how, I don't want to say how weak of a team they are, but Carolina is going to play their game. They're almost unbeatable unless you have really great defense, which Boston doesn't. Like, like we said, Carolina owns Boston physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally. The only way all the things happened, especially the last five minutes of that second period, felt like it took about an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Because there were so many scrums and fracases and disagreements, I guess we could call them. Um, I will say, I do want to say. When you get in a team's head like that and then continue to score on them and like play the actual game at a level that they haven't seen. Look, Carolina owned Boston in the regular season. Uh, yeah, This is a different season, but the script remains the same. Carolina has a blueprint. They have a formula. Boston knows it, and they are in shambles right now. Yeah, they are. And I, th I, I think it was really personified when um, Marshawn tried to go after Kochekov, and Kochekov just, like, tapped Brad him Brad Marshawn does not do that unless he is royally pissed off. Yeah. And okay? You, he does not do that unless he is so uber frustrated that he can't take it anymore. Exactly. And when you have a 19-year-old goaltender – Going up against, probably excluding Tom Wilson, one of the dirtiest players in the league, and you have a what goaltender. What does that tell you? What is oh. that? They're not scared. Nobody no. in that locker room is scared of you. No, and that's not. scary to you as a result. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, and when you have a coach that is as mentally tough as Rod Brindamore is, that's going to translate to the team, and the team's not going to take the crap from. Uh, some team that's trying to bully you because they know they're going to lose the series or well, there's a good chance to lose the series. And um, we'll see what happens in game three tonight since coach Ekhoff's going to start and Boston is starting there. Um, then the guy that's not named um, Almas or Almacher, whatever his uh, name he's is starting Mr. Swayman, I believe. Yep. Uh, yes. So yeah, that's so, even more I mean, pressure on Boston now. It, yeah. You're down to, Oh, going home. With your backup goalie. Good luck. Remember what happened the last two times Carolina went to Boston? I think one game they scored eight goals. So. Yeah, it's. And I will say it, it's. I'm going to. Um, I will say. We'll, we'll, we'll have to move on to the rest of the NHL okay. in another yeah, segment. Sure. But um, I want to say this before you make your point. This whole mystique around the Boston Bruins that they think they could waltz into any arena. And because they have the spoked B, they can bully people. The Carolina Hurricanes have been dealing with it for three years. All right? Yeah. They're sick of it. They're absolutely yeah, sick yeah. of it. Boston still thinks they can use the hey, we're Boston card. They can't. No, they can't. They're they're in shambles. Yeah, they are. And I think I, I, I will say I am a little bit apprehensive about tonight, given the fact that um they're going into they're going into one of the most hostile barns in the league up in Boston. Um they're having a rookie goaltender who is um, having a rookie goaltender playing his um, his first career playoff start. It's his first career playoff start, and he's got, what, a period and a half, two periods yeah, under exactly. his belt of playoff hockey. So Yeah, and Boston is mad. So, I mean, I'm a little, a little apprehensive about it, but if the team can play in front of him like they're capable of playing, then I think he'll settle in, but... I'm a little apprehensive just for that fact, but I mean, we'll have to wait and see what he, see what happens. Look, I know I'm biased here, but Peter needs to take notes from how Jordan Bennington handled going into that building 
and going into the Winnipeg whiteout as a rookie um, and not being phased, not being shaken. Um, notes should be taken there. Cam Ward in 2006 exactly. went into some really hostile buildings too as a rookie. Probably the uh, most hostile building in Montreal. More than likely, yeah. Went into the Bell Center and played lights out. Uh, one more thing before we get into the break. Um, there's somebody on Facebook um, in a Raleigh Moms Facebook group. This was sent by my good friend Graham Tuck. Um, neighbor just down the street started flying this flag. It's it's a it's the storm warning flag. It's the hurricane okay. flag. Um, it is a U.S. maritime storm warning flag. Is my neighbor just enthusiastic about weather forecasts, or has this been adopted as a political meaning? I'm not aware of. Um, How in the are you living in Wake County and don't know what that is? Please stop talking. Get yeah. off the internet. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Right. Welcome back to the you score. Listening to the score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Franchise players. Welcome back, Sports Channel 8's Ben Swain. How you doing, man? I love that you guys are doing what you're doing. I love that we're doing what our what we're doing because the local sports fan is really underserved in, uh, in, in sports radio here in, in North Carolina. Being able to, Monday morning after the New Carolina game, being able to listen to local guys talk about the local game. Franchise plays every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. on TobaccoSportsRadio.com and at 6 p.m. on WCOG 1320 a.m. and WTOB 988. IdeaCom NC, a trusted telecommunications company with 60 years of experience in unified communications. IdeaCom is about more than just phone systems. They provide a full range of communication solutions. Whether your business is big or small, from churches to schools to fire departments, depend on the best in cabling, phone systems, IT support, and more from IdeaCom of Central North Carolina. Top-rated customer service that cares about your business needs. Check out all the host of solutions at IdeaComNC.com or call at 336 336- Six eight five four 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 five five. IdeaCom NC. It's Donald Ware, host of Box to Row. I'm talking with Matt James, the Bachelor from season twenty-five. Plus, I'm talking a lack of HBCU players in the National Football League draft. Right here on Box to Row. From press box to press row with Donald Ware. Saturdays at nine a.m. on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza. 
This is Coach Rez, head coach of your Carolina Cobras arena football team. You're listening to TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. All right, we're back on the score with Brett Wiseman here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman joined by Alex Wilber, Christian Emery, our producer, Desmond Johnson. Michael Davis will be here uh, to join us for NBA discussion. Um, we'll get into the rest of the NHL. There are some really, really good series going on outside of Carolina, Boston. Um, of course, you got uh, Rangers Penguins, which. Um, is uh, I believe that's 1-1 now. Is that correct? Yeah, 1-1 yeah. Uh, after the triple overtime game in game one. So they've already played basically three games at this point. Um, that's a whale of a series, so evenly yeah, matched. it is. But I don't think any series is more evenly matched, and this is not just because I'm biased, more evenly matched than the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild, and here's why. Um, even though St. Louis won every regular season meeting, um outside of the Winter Classic, both the other games went to overtime. Um, St. Louis won both, won in a shootout, won with an overtime winner, but these teams play such identical styles in terms of their cycle game, the, the way they break out of the zone, their skill, their speed. They're combining that with the physicality. Um, they have, both have two-headed monsters at goalie. Uh, you've got Flurry and Talbot for Minnesota. You've got Husso and Bennington for St. Louis. Um, look, I mean, it's these two teams are so evenly matched on paper, and that's why they finished a point away from each other in the standings, and that's why they're playing each other 2-3 in the playoffs right now. Uh, St. Louis had tied for the third best regular season ever. Minnesota had their second best regular season ever. Um, so these are not only two teams that are so evenly matched, these are two of the top five, 10 teams in the NHL that are left out of the 16 we have right now. Um, Billy Husso is fantastic. Uh, first blue ever uh, to pitch a shutout in his first ever playoff start. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko is now five goals behind Brett Hull for most in blues playoff history. That's some good company. Um, but just like Rangers Penguins was a tale of two games, St. Louis, Minnesota was a tale of two games. Husso's game one shutout, um, no goals on 38 shots faced. It was a four nothing win for St. Louis. Um, by the end of the first period of game two, Billy Husso had allowed four goals on seven shots. So, but look, none of that was on Billy Husso. Okay. St. Louis played terribly in front of him defensively. Nick Letty was out. That's not an excuse. That's more of a reason. Nick Letty really stabilized that defensive core when he came in at the trade deadline. There's no Marco Scandella either right now. Uh, he's another really solid defenseman. Robert Bortuzzo got hurt late in the first period of that game. So now they're down for sure tonight in game three in St. Louis at the Enterprise Center. Uh, they're down Letty and Bortuzzo for sure. Scandella's a game-time decision. So they had to call up Steven Santini from the AHL affiliate who's in their playoffs 
the Springfield Thunderbirds are in the Calder Cup playoffs, they had to call somebody up under emergency conditions, which means one, two, or all three of those guys are not coming back, at least for this series. So that's not good news. For Minnesota, they're salivating. They're chomping at the bit. Kirill Kaprizov and company, that's another elite offensive team. Uh, St. Louis is elite offensively as well, but we saw it from both teams in Game 1 and Game 2. We saw St. Louis's top line get after it. Thomas, Bushnevich, Tarasenko, Jordan Cairo getting involved. David Perron on the power play. Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, this is a team that's stacked with weapons. So is Minnesota. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Matt Dumba is one of the better offensive defensemen in the league. Um, both teams are just stacked. Joel Erickson Eck, really good two-way guy, just like Ryan O'Reilly is. Uh, Hartman, 30-goal uh, scorer for the first time in his career in the regular season. He had a couple the other night. I uh, believe Hartman had a hat trick. It was called back after everyone threw their hats. So from the Blues' perspective, they got blown out, but they cost thousands of people their hats. Um, Kirill Kaprizov later got a hat trick, so those who would have thrown a hat um, didn't have one to throw at that point. Anyways, um, this thing going back to St. Louis 1-1 was almost a given. And this is almost a given to go seven because of how evenly matched these teams are, Krishna. We'll get your thoughts on that one. Yeah, it's from what I've seen. Uh, granted, we don't get them a whole lot here but in Raleigh. But yeah, I think that series has potential to go seven. If you're asking if I have a friend who lives uh, in St. somewhere around St. Paul, Minnesota, and he said that that it's he thinks it's going to be a great series, and I think it will be too. But it's going to go seven. Like it you already said. is, and it's it's already gotten incredibly physical, incredibly yeah. testy. Um, I think all, these two teams really... have not liked each other because they're in the same division. Of course, they haven't liked each other all year. Yeah, outside of the Winter Classic, both times they played, it was playoff type atmosphere. Both those games were important standings wise too. So. These two teams do not like each other. They have not liked each other. They've been on a collision course for the past month and a half. They knew they were probably going to play each other a month ago, and now it's happening, and they really, really don't like each other. So if you think um, Boston-Carolina is testy, uh, watch St. Louis-Minnesota immediately following tonight on TNT because things will get heated. Yeah, and... The same could be said for a series I'm sure we'll talk about in a little few, in a few minutes, the Rangers and Penguins. That's going to... Yeah, we kind of touched on a little bit, but yeah, those that's... are two teams that really, really don't like each other and have <laughs> yeah. it for a very long time. <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll talk about that hit that we, we touched on or teased a little bit earlier. Look, I, just like the Kyle Clifford hit in the Toronto-Tampa series, I don't know that it warranted a suspension per se, mm-hmm. given other hits that have been made throughout the first two games of each series so far. Um, that were just fines and not suspensions. I don't think this warranted a suspension. No. Was it a dirty hit? Yeah. But you, a either, set a precedent, no. you either set a precedent or you don't. Um, yeah, exactly. Jared Spurgeon, uh, another elite offensive piece for Minnesota. Uh, the end of game one out of frustration, really, um, intentionally tried to injure Pavel Bushnevich uh, of the St. Louis Blues by cross-checking him in the back of the leg while Bushnevich was down um, and got a $5,000 fine, and that was it. It, again, brings into question, and we always go back to, you know, Tom Wilson attempting to murder Artemi Panarin. By the way, that was attempted murder because uh, he threw his head into the ice. Um, 
anyways, the NHL Department of Player Safety being anything but um, an inconsistent and just not living up to their name as a department. Yeah, the the irony. The New York Rangers later retracted the statement, but their statement after that Artemi Panarin thing happened last year at the end of the regular season was the Department of Player Safety is not doing anything about player safety. When a team says that, you got a problem. And the league still hasn't done anything about it. But here we are. Yeah, the irony of it is I think it's still headed up by Brandon Shanahan of all players, but um, which is. Yeah, which is, yeah, that number one, that's a mistake because when, <laughs> when did he ever care about anybody else's safety, including exactly. his own? Yeah. And uh, he, he would have run through multiple planes of plexiglass by yeah. choice. Yeah, right. He was a great, great player overall. But I mean, he, him of all people, he does not need to be the one deciding okay, this is a suspension, okay, this is just a fine, blah, 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 blah. He does not need to be the head of the department that decides that. Um, no. and especially a guy like that that played his entire career on the edge like he did. Um, yeah. Anyways, this Toronto-Tampa series, uh, really quick before we get in the break here in a couple minutes. Um, Speaking of teams that don't like each other, but continue. Yeah, really. Um, this is a pretty interesting little series, especially after Toronto blew out Tampa in game one. Uh, Tampa lost, I believe, has lost a game one in all but two series uh, the last two years, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, and they've come back and won game two every time, including this time around. Um, I feel like uh, this 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 could be Toronto's time. I feel like game one, they really proved, like, hey, they know the narrative surrounding them given first-round exits. I feel yeah. like Toronto went out there with something to prove in game one, and they did it. They just met heavy resistance from Tampa Bay in game two. Now's your chance. Now you go on the road into the house of the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. If you at exactly. least get out of there with a 2-2 split and go back to Toronto and have a chance to go up 3-2, you're you're sitting pretty. And I think Toronto's got a pretty good chance to do that. I'm sorry, yeah, National I... Predators fans, you don't stand a chance. Your series is done. Your series is done, despite your rookie goaltender coming in and going brick you, wall mode. Did you see what the uh, of what the uh, the Avalanche uh, maintenance crew, or not the maintenance crew, the uh, the scoreboard crew did during the national yes. pre- practice? Yes. yes. <laughs> they left the score from Game One on the scoreboard <laughs> during speaking the. Speaking of speaking of pettiness, uh, the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> have made it to Los Angeles to the Staples Center. Um, the sta- uh, Staples Center. Uh, uh, screw it. It's not Crypto.com Arena. It's the Staples no, Center. No, I refuse to call it that. No. Uh, the staff there refusing refused to give the Edmonton Oilers nets or access to the ice. Welcome to Stanley Cup playoff pettiness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What's the what's the uh, score in that series, by the way? That is one uh, one. Uh, Edmonton, huh. LA. LA went into okay. uh, when it Edmonton took Game One, but uh, McDavid and Drysaddle and company took Game Two. Uh, right. Like we've talked about, the, the biggest question is goaltending, and it's been yeah. an iffy uh, to this point. It was better in Game 2 than it was in Game 1, but uh, with Edmonton's goaltending, you can't trust it, period. All no. right, we've got to get in the break here. Michael Davis, uh, the Miami Heat fan, is coming in to tell us, uh, uh, help us discuss the NBA playoffs. Also, the Hornets have begun their coaching search. We'll touch on that as well. You are listening to The Score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Franchise players. Welcome back. Sports Channel 8's Ben Swain 
How you doing, man? I love that you guys are doing what you're doing. I love that we're doing what, our, what we're doing because the local sports fan is really underserved in, uh, in, in sports radio here in, in North Carolina. Being able to, Monday morning after the New Carolina game, being able to listen to local guys talk about the local game. Franchise players every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com and at 6 p.m. on WCOG 1320 a.m. and WTOB 988. One stop number six, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street, Kernersville. A proud supporter of East Forsyth since 1983, serving fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. For a limited time, grab our Wife Saver family meal for only $13.99. Eight pieces of chicken and sides for four for just $13.99. One stop. Come see us at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Hello, my name is Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey. I'm running at large for the Board of Education, making sure all students have quality, accessible, and equitable education is my priority. It would be an honor to serve our community as a member of the board. Vote Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for BOE during early voting or on primary day, May 17th. Paid for by Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for BOE. Maylor Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture, located at 205 North Cherry Street in Kernersville, is your family chiropractor. Dr. Maylor's goal is to treat and correct the underlying cause of patient symptoms to alleviate pain and to restore balance. Maylor Chiropractic treats pain, sports injuries, injuries from auto accidents, and much more. Start performing to the best of your ability pain-free. Give them a call and set your appointment today at 336-996-3737. Maylor Chiropractic in Kernersville. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman alongside Alex Wilber, Michael Davis, and Desmond Johnson, our producer. Michael, your Miami Heat, they are sitting pretty right now, up 2-0 uh, on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, my question I, I, is... I dem- Before you do that question... And oh, before God. we continue on with the show, oh, I need no. two apologies. Oh, One of Lord. which was last week for Brett saying, you know what? I think Philadelphia can beat the Heat pretty handily. The second apology is around October, November time, you were dismissing Tyler Hero as the sixth man of the year. And my boy, 96 of 100 vo- votes. Brett, you out the receipts. Oh, wow. Yeah, he pulled receipts out on you. Wow. 96 of 100 votes. 96% agree with me that Tyler Hero is the sixth man of the year. Very underrated, as well as Miami's defense has been underrated this playoffs. And the Heat hopefully will handle Joel Embiid coming back tonight for game three. I think he's still questionable by it. I expect him to play. But Sweet. it's going to be a good game, and let's go Heat, baby. This is the, see, this is the level of pettiness that I've grown to love <laughs> and respect on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. I, I commend you, Michael Davis, for coming in hot with the petty 
Good job. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. I, Brett, I, your first apology? Of like to, I first of all like to apologize greatly and blame Kelly Oubre Jr. completely for falling off the wagon from where he was and his scorching hot start that led me to be so excited about where the Hornets were going and give him the Sixth Man of the Year Award in November. Explain learned my lesson. Um, Kelly Oubre, yeah. by the way. Blame that Gordon was your here. first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We might have a wrestling segment later in the show. We can, yeah, I don't know. Go I might kick it off before then. I don't know. <laughs> I might be kicked off. The wrestling off. segment might be me jumping through the screen to strangle him. <laughs> hey, who would pay to see Brett versus Michael? Is it is it Hell in a Cell or is it like a like a ladder Ooh. match? Like, what's the stipulation here? Like, Ooh, I, mean, I, I, would, I would love to do a ladder match, but uh, cage match. There, be like no, Jeff Hardy and one jump off we're instead call of grabbing it the WWE title. 2K22 on the PS5. That's how we're doing it. Um, hey, I'm down. <laughs> Shoot me your PSN. I got one. <laughs> Carry yeah, on, Jeff. Okay. Uh, I don't have WWE. I only play I WWE the show currently. So, uh, by the way, my Diamond Dynasty team's at a 91. In case anybody cared. Um, already, that's what you get for pre-ordering the game and spending money. Um, Michael, my question is, is this so much that Miami is exponentially the better team, or is this just that Philadelphia isn't the same team without Joel Embiid? Well, I would counter that with, of course, the Sixers are missing Joel Embiid, and he's a big part of their team, but Miami's also missed Kyle Lowry not only the first two games of this series, but the last two games of the last series. And guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are stepping up. We haven't even used Duncan Robinson this series, and we're still winning, which is really fascinating because Robinson's one of the best three-point shooters in the league, let alone on this team, and we haven't used him. Like, we haven't needed to. Gabe Vincent has stepped up in this role. Jimmy Butler is just incredible. And the intensity by P.J. Tucker has dominated Philadelphia. And I said on the show last week, I was more afraid of Tyrese Maxey than I was James Harden. And so far, Maxey has been a handful. Like, his speed has got him to the lane. He's got fouled. And Harden's disappeared in the second half of both games. Harden's disappeared since Houston, really. Yeah, Harden's disappeared, really Ever since he showed up in that fat suit to try to get out of uh, Houston that one day. Desmond's about to start pulling out receipts now. Yeah, the pictures out on Twitter, he like he was holding out or something happened. He was in Houston. He wasn't happy there. He was trying to get out. He wasn't practicing. And then one day he just shows up in like a jumpsuit. And he looks like he's like 60 pounds heavier than he's ever been. And then like two weeks later, he gets traded. He's not been right ever since. Like he's had a messed up hamstring ever since he had, well, I guess it was legit weight. And he has not been right ever since. Philly's not going to go anywhere with uh, this version of James Harden. And to be honest, the, the Houston version of James Harden, that's never coming back. Like, that's there's this thing that happens called age. You get older. And as you get older, you can't do the same things you could do four years ago, five years ago. You can't stay in a strip club till five in the morning, take a nap, and then go play an NBA game and score 35 points on people. Like, it's it, not at 32, you know, maybe at 27 but not at 32. And that's what Harden's going through right now. Who won that trade? Who won that trade between Brooklyn and Philly? Did anyone win it? Oh, no. David Silver nope. or Adam Silver? Adam Silver. Did he? Yeah. How did he win it? ESPN <laughs> like, ratings. 
Did they? Because like it, it affected them both adversely. Like that's what I'm sitting there trying to figure out who won this deal because now Philly, they've got to sit here and figure out, okay, we're either going to pay Harden because he's going to opt in for his last year at $47 million next year, or we're going to have to pay this dude $200 million to stick around for four years to, to watch him deteriorate worse than what we're seeing right now. Like, what would you do? I don't even know if it's age more is it's drive with James Harden. I thought he lost his drive. I feel like, it, I feel like it's a question of what, does he love basketball anymore or not? So. Well, he's got so much money. Remember, he signed that huge Adidas deal like right. six or seven years ago for like some obscene. I don't even remember what the number was. Now I got to look it, it up. But it was close a crazy to five, number. Six hundred million, I think. Yeah, and then he's yeah. he's had a, a hundred plus million dollar deal already in the NBA that he got from Houston, and I, he turned. He was one of the first ones to turn down. Remember, Houston was trying to extend him two years for like seventy five million dollars, and he turned it down. And that was four years ago, five years ago. So I mean. I, I don't know. That whole thing's a mess. I don't see uh, Embiid's going to probably will them to a game or two. Um, but yeah, Miami, Miami was just in the finals two seasons ago. It's not like with the same unit, pretty much. I mean, it's not like it should be a surprise to anyone. They're the number one seed in the East. They're supposed to win the series. So I mean, I feel like Miami's got it on lock. But whoever comes out of that uh, that other side, uh, Milwaukee and Boston, it's going to be tough. They're going to they're have something for them. For, uh, Philly for just has got to figure it out front office-wise because they cannot have another – I'm not saying Harden and Ben Simmons, same level, but it's a Ben Simmons type of situation if he walks out of that building and goes to another team. Because, I mean, Tyrese Max, who I believe, who we touched on, I think he could be a future star in the NBA. That's not going to help you win a championship with just Maxi and Joel Embiid, and it's it's the same. It's a pattern, you know. I love Jimmy Butler, but that didn't work out in Philadelphia. You know, Ben Simmons didn't work out, and now it's looking like James Harden's not going to work out. So who who can you pair with Joel Embiid that's actually going to be a good formula for this team? They need like a young guard, like a young point guard or a shooting guard. Like reenact the Kobe Shaq dynamic. You know that when you have something like that, it's really hard to defend. You got Embiid. You just need to find a two someplace. I guess they thought it was going to be Harden. Yeah, they had the right they, idea. They, they did. They, they had the, the right, right idea. Guy. They picked the wrong guy. It's just can't, man. Can it be Maxi though? See, that was you in took a few the years words right out of my mouth. Tyrese Maxi can be that guy. He just can't be that guy right now. I mean, Harden can still contribute. I can see Harden as a a, a, a dependable three, not yeah, not wing. not small yeah. forward, but like a, a right. third option on a right. team, but. The days of him dropping 45 between his age, his injuries, and the rule changes uh, that we need to recognize. He's not drawing the fouls like he used to. Nope. That's the other him, thing. Trey That's Young, where the, a lot of the bulk that. of his scoring came from, was getting to the free throw line, which he's not which doing. Which we hated on him every Saturday morning on the rundown, 10 a.m. A, a, <laughs> a lot of people, too, forgot like what you were just saying about as a third option. But a lot of people forgot about his time in Oklahoma City. He wasn't even the third option there. Yeah, he's he was, on the bench. Yeah, Coming off the bench, I mean, they had KD, they had Russell, they had Ibaka, they had Perkins with still a little bit of juice left in him. Mm -hmm. He was maybe, and he's definitely not going to take that role now. But he does need to be like the third option if he if they want to be successful. It just it just feels like they can't get healthy at the same time, like Philly. Like there's always something. There's always somebody that's hurt as part of the main rotation. Usually it's Embiid, but I mean, and right now it's Embiid. Harden will be hurt next week. Like it's just they can't seem to catch it, but they're so far in the process, you can't really reset because you already have uh Embiid. Isn't Embiid coming up on a deal here soon himself? He should be. 
think uh, I, believe he, I believe he's due for an extension. Yeah. He's got to be well, coming close to a Supermax. Yeah, that that brings there that brings another question into play is, you know, what do the Nets do with Kyrie Irving cuz he's going to opt out? Do you give him a Supermax? No. No. I do not. And, and I, I don't wouldn't want him on my team, period. Yeah. No. And, but who no. do you, but you can't trade him for anybody either, really. I mean, who's going to take him? Stephen A. Smith Nobody. this morning said, I mean, I know it's first take and not everything on there is supposed to be taken legitimately, but he said the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving, and I almost yeah. fell out of my seat. How about the roost on my TV? I'm like, that. so basically we just need to Thanos snap the past like five years in the NBA and just pretend like Kyrie and LeBron didn't fight and have disagreed. That's why he's not in Cleveland. That's why neither one of them are in Cleveland. So we're just supposed to forget pretend it. Pretend like that never happened? Five years. Never happened. But now they're in L.A. Although I did, I did mention this, uh, Kyrie going to L.A. before they got A.D. Like I, I was on that tip back then. Yeah. But now Kyrie's shown more of, a, of his behind since then. I don't want anything to do with the dude. Like it, I don't care how talented he is. If he, uh, your your best ability is availability, and if I can't depend on you being there, I damn sure ain't paying you two hundred million dollars. Like yep. So what employer you would you know? Like if you don't show up to work two days out of the five, you know, Kyrie ain't even showing up one of those days. You like, why would you pay him? Yeah. I think that, I think that team's going to blow up. That team's <laughs> going to blow up. That's my that's my prediction. I think Nash gets gets tossed. I think KD leaves. I yep, think Kyrie I, I think that whole team just collapses. Well, KD and Kyrie wanted to team up. It ain't working. Well, you got to think about why this team was created. Like, they, they linked up together because both of them felt like they needed to prove that they could win a title – themselves and build a team from the ground up as opposed to Kyrie getting his title in the shadow of LeBron and KD getting his title, basically just inserting himself on a, a title team already right. and making it almost impossible to beat them in a seven game series. So I, I understood the logic. I see people saying Kevin Durant shouldn't have left the Warriors now. And I'm like, nah, he should have left the Warriors. He just should have went to like the Knicks or someplace else. Besides he shouldn't have linked with Kyrie. That's what it really is. It didn't matter if he went to wherever, but he, he chose to hitch his wagon to Kyrie Irving when Kyrie Irving was already showing signs of not being dependable. And now Durant's in a position where he can't go back to Golden State. He can't go back to Oklahoma City. Well, I was no about going back there. there. There's nothing to go back to. Like, he, there's no, where is he supposed to go? And now it's like he, he, we, we kind of watched him deteriorate in the playoffs. Well, he got exposed a little bit in the playoffs uh, to the Celtics. So how much value is Kevin Durant at this point? He's still a top 10 player, I mean, or whatever, but he's not. They were trying to crown him the best in the world currently until they ran into the Celtics, and now you don't hear that anymore. It'd be wise for him to go to the Knicks, honestly. Mm -hmm. he, could plug wise. Right there. he could plug in there right now. They'd be a top four team in the East. Mm -hmm. But it's the I Knicks. Would, he wants to play for, for James Dolan and the Knicks. I would take no, Durant no over my team over Kyrie any day. You would take – Durant I, over? I, I would take Durant over Kyrie just because in like terms of the say, impact on a team. On yeah. Cause you, you can rely on KD to be there. I think that's, that's, <clears throat> that's the biggest question. Before we get to the break, just wants to hoop. Let's, um, let's move on to the rest of the things that actually matter in the NBA playoffs. Um, Golden state is getting shown. Moxie by the Memphis Grizzlies. Just like Carolina's not scared of the big, bad Boston Bruins, John Morant and this upstart Memphis Grizzlies team is not afraid of Draymond Green, 
Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, this mystique. There's not a whole lot of guys that are going to go talk smack to Steph Curry after a game. John Moran is that guy. But I want to address something. Um, Draymond Green can say whatever the hell he wants to say, number one. And anyone who thinks otherwise is wrong. Ryan Russo, I'm looking at you. Um, There's a reason Draymond Green has his own podcast and Turner Sports pays him to talk when he's not playing. It's because people want to hear what he has to say. I'm going to echo what J.J. Reddick said the other day. About the only time he's ever said anything smart in his entire life. I'm kidding. JJ I like actually, JJ. He's actually pretty JJ's good. JJ's a very saving guy. first take right now. He really, yeah, I, just, I really like him instead of Mad. I, I just wanted to make a Duke joke. Um, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. No, we won't. <laughs> You'll allow Carry it. Carry on. <laughs> I'm going to echo what he said. There's again. There's a reason Draymond Green's paid by multiple outlets to talk and has his own podcast. It's because people want to hear what he has to say. The edge he plays with, like a hockey enforcer, is what makes him great. <laughs> It's what makes him important to that team. There's been guys like that in in the past in the NBA. On title-winning teams. Rasheed Wallace of the mid-2000s Pistons. Bill Lambeer. Kevin McHale played like that. Kurt Rambis played like that. There is a long history of guys that are willing to throw other guys around like ragdolls if it means winning the Larry O'Brien trophy. But... The, but the problem is that the, the the game has changed. The rules have changed. We're back exactly. then, that but was a common he, foul. And now here, it's like flagrant two. Right. Here's the thing. Yes, the game has changed. The rules have changed. But the edge that he plays with, whether it's within the rules or not, is why the Golden State Warriors keep him around. They don't he's mind. What, plus, he's just a good player. They don't mind when he does things like that because they know they can back it up, Right. They know they have that, you know, they have that in them. Um, this whole shut up and play thing with Draymond Green. Stop talking, you know, I didn't mean to do this, that, don't talk on a podcast. He has a podcast for a reason. Anyone who says shut up and play, it's like the shut up and dribble thing. It's exactly but this, this has everything to do with basketball. Telling Draymond Green to shut up and play and not say anything off the court is like telling John Morant not to have fun when he's out there on the same court as Draymond Green. What makes John Morant great and what makes John Morant special is that he plays with a carefree, joyful energy. If you tell John Morant not to dance after his teammate hits a three or after he hits a three, you tell him not to smile, not to have fun, that is the same exact thing. Period. You got to consider where it came from, too. It came from, you know, Mike Mad Dog Russo, uh, uh, older Caucasian man in his 60s. and Yeah, who's also uh, notoriously an idiot, but, you know. It's that mentality. I mean, when, right. when he said it, when I heard him say it, because I happened to be watching that day, when he said it. I don't even know why he's on the first take, it. number one. His I show on MLB Network, he's not that- even that. That New York audience, that yeah, nostalgia. Well, his show, that his show on MLB Network isn't even that good. If he doesn't know what he's talking about on there, he damn sure isn't going to know what he's talking about on ESPN. I just don't like the fact that he compares every NBA player today to Bob Cousy. Like, oh, like, God, yeah. like nonstop. Like, Bob Cousy wouldn't have done that. Bob Cousy is a top 10. I'm like, dude, it's 2022. Like, these kids don't know who Bob Cousy is. Bob Cousy that. Christopher Mad Dog Rousseau. 
it's not like people are sporting koozie like sneakers and you know showing up at the wild what chuck taylor's shirts i mean what like i don't his i don't think i've seen a bob koozie shirt jersey the ever his his takes are like they sound really really old and i feel like when jj is in there he's trying to show them that they should have him instead of mad dog in there like i feel like jj is, is like like uh campaigning for a seat like there's the a lot of guys that are basically audit look i would call will kane back from fox news at this point he'd be better i don't miss will kane uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't miss him on, on there at all but not jj is good uh, and this actually should be a topic because jj's pretty good ryan uh clark is good marcus spears is good i like what they're doing with the rotating around yeah and, because it was Stephen a show anyway and that's basically right what what they're doing but they just don't need to bring ryan hollands on ever again though but he's yeah uh, he's been gone for a while right good, he was the one good. that annoyed me the most the fact that you brought him. a former charlotte bobcat on the show automatically is an l <laughs> the ryan hollands like, did play for the charlotte bobcats at one point the, you know, and the thing with nothing him was, the thing with him was if it feels like sometimes there are people in the media local media too here where we are where it feels like they give a take just to get a reaction. It's not exactly. what they actually believe. And that I can't stand <clears throat> There's that. a guy that goes by the name, starts with a J, that kind of does that a lot, ends with an M. Um, he's on the air right now, too. So. Yeah, we're, I'm not going <laughs> to... I wasn't going to name we're, any names or anybody. No, but, we're not naming any names, but we're stealing his listeners slowly. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm just sure. serious. Like, you can, you can tell when someone gives a, a sports take and either they believe it or they're just trying to get clicks or right or, oh, yeah. or, or views. Just, you know? Think about think about Ryan Hollins and Max Kellerman. For every time I hear those two names, the immediate quote from them is Kawhi was more clutch than Kobe. How yeah. can you sit there and talk with a straight face and say that? That's just designed to get people to, to argue. Or the ones like uh, like Jay Williams right now is on this whole LeBron is better than Michael Jordan tip. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you were old enough to know better. You you actually watched Michael Jordan as a child. Like you watched all of LeBron stuff. You played you, on Chicago too. Yeah, you, yes, you, you know why. You know why? It's because he's a dookie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But but he's actually been on college game day with a Michael Jordan jersey on before. Like there's a there's a picture out there right now of him pulling up in his suit before a Carolina Duke game on the court. And he's wearing a Jordan 23 authentic Carolina jersey. He was a Carolina fan as a kid. So it's like don't give takes. Don't give takes just to give takes to get people to give you clicks or views. And don't give takes that try to make you appear that you are older than you are. Those are the two things that drop. Like I don't sit here and, and talk about Wilt Chamberlain like a song because it would be it wouldn't be authentic. It wouldn't be genuine. But I hear people doing that all the time where they'll give a, a take on something that happened 20 years ago like they were there or it just that it listeners can see it. They can hear it and they go through it and they're just like, nah, I, I don't want to associate with this so we don't do that here but other places do and i don't know i just wanted to address that because it it really really bothers me really grinds my gears (laughs) that's my gears (laughs) really grinds my gears are you actually does grind my gears before we get in the break here um major league baseball a lot of things grind my gears in baseball the commission Um, (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes. Grinds my gears. Before, before we tease that, yeah. Uh, you remember uh, Timmy's dad from the Fairly Odd Parents? Always yelled at Dingleberg. That's what I say about Rob Manfred all the time. Like something stupid happens in baseball. Oh, we're going to implement a pitch clock. 
we're going to speed the game. Look, I did a high school baseball game last night. There were 2,000 kids mid-teens behind me screaming into the game. It literally sounded no like they were calling clock. it from the bleachers when I went back to listen to some of it. It sounded like they were in the bleachers calling Those the kids game. were on, literally on top, <laughs> like on top of y'all. Like, oh <laughs> this this is we, have to speed up, we have to speed up baseball to get kids interested. Those 2,000 kids in Clemens say otherwise, Rob. You don't need hey. a pitch clock. You don't hey, need, this you know, isn't this isn't clickbait, but I'm a fan of the pitch clock. Please get off my show. <laughs> what they need to is do is they, well, they no, need to fix Angel Hernandez. That's what they need to do. I'm on two strikes right now. Angel Hernandez, you hope he retires or gets cataracts. Oh goodness! Not gonna lie, there were there were kids that were yelling at the home plate umpire last night, calling him Angel Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> that means kids not only watch, but they listen to us. Can we debate this in the next segment? I really want. Yeah, to let's take a break for the there. We didn't even get over to uh, Milwaukee, Boston. Like we were, we. I'm oh, looking at. Her, I'm looking it's at. Okay, Milwaukee schedule. wins. That's I'm looking at our schedule, and I'm just like, we just veered off completely off the rails <laughs> from what was supposed to be in the segment, and somehow talking about a high school baseball game and pitch count. Like nothing, I don't know how we got here. Nothing wrong with it. Milwaukee wins. They're, they're, do they? They're, they do, do they? They do. See now tomorrow. Now tomorrow on uh, the rundown, Brett's going to be on second hour. We are going to get into uh, is Giannis the best player on the planet? I feel like no one gives him the credit he deserves, and we're going to really dig into that because mm. he should be. He, that was a good plug. I think, he, I think he is, but he's pretty much unstoppable. Ten o'clock, eleven or ten o'clock Saturday morning. He is a great MVG, freak. He's a great of nature. I mean, look. The only guy you have to defend him is Jason Tatum. He's a he's a walking he's a walking twenty five five and five every night. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's he's Shaq with handles. He's he's yep. Orlando Shaq with handles. That's and a jump shot and that can shoot exactly. Yep, he's, he's downright frightening. Like you can't guard him. His evolution is what scares me the most. I actually saw him play his season when I was in New York for a, a vacation. I saw him play at the Madison Square Garden. And these Bucks fans were sitting behind me and my dad and said, I promise you this kid's going to be the truth. And we laughed in their face. So I apologize to those Bucks fans out there who were 100% right. Giving out apologies on this Friday on the scores. Oh, it's out apologies Friday. <laughs> There's no way they knew that Giannis was going to be this. Like, Oh, they were just no saying way. that. But I mean, No, they, they were, were just like, saying I don't think they actively knew that. But There's no you know. way. I mean, I don't even think Giannis knew he was going to be this. Like, you know, like this is. Insane. You think Giannis went into the NBA thinking he was going to get his own shoe? Right. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's if LeBron was born seven foot. It's kind of like what it is, sort of. Actually, I like my Shaq comparison better. He's Orlando Shaq with handles and a jumper. That, that's literally Orlando Shaq with handles and a jump shot. It's comp- the most frightening uh-huh. thing that you could possibly have because he can do. He does the post up moves from the three point line. If you ever yep. watch him, like he, he'll dribble for a little bit, and then the difference between him and LeBron, LeBron will dribble for like eight seconds. And he'll put his and head then he'll down. just lower his head and go. Yep. He won't make a move. He just lowers his head and goes to the rim. And usually he'll fade back and shoot or something instead of, of going to the line. Giannis doesn't do that at all. Giannis gets the ball, dribbles about two or three times, and then he decides I'm going into the lane and you have to stop me. And he, he's got turns, spins, hooks. I mean, like you can't you can't guard the dude. So now, Giannis. Giannis actually wasn't a lottery pick back in 2013. Do you remember who was the number one overall pick that year? Anthony 2013? Bennett. 2013, Anthony Bennett. Wow. Cavaliers. Oh, my God. 
He's not. He Imagine what could have changed. Don't remember. Pretty sure Nurland's Noel got picked ahead of him too, didn't he? Or was that a different draft? Actually, that's 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 a fun thing to do. It was Noel before Bennett. Yeah, Oladipo. Oladipo. Yeah. yeah. Let's see who was picked before Giannis. I mean, that was a weak draft, though, right? Outside of Giannis, yeah. Pretty much. But ima- imagine if Cleveland drafts Giannis. Was Michael Carter Williams? Like a year or two later, LeBron. Oh God, came back Michael home. Carter. Don't know. Mm. And it would have been actually. It would have been. Giannis I don't want to think Kyrie. about any of these people. Giannis, Alex. Kyrie, and LeBron. I don't want to remember any of these people exist. <laughs> and then the next year they got Wiggins. Oh. So Which they used to trade for the past forty-five seconds of the program. Porter, Porter's Cody, Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller. How in the world did Charlotte take Cody Zeller fourth? Uh, Dennis Schroeder was in that draft. This wasn't a very good draft. CJ McCollum was a top ten pick. Remember, this was the point in Charlotte basketball history where Michael Jordan was obsessed with white guys from the Big Ten. No, not just white guys. It was like six nine stretch forwards that couldn't shoot. So it would be like Cody Zeller either. or uh, what was the dude's name? Frank Kaminsky. Uh, Frank Kaminsky. Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley. Oh, my Indiana. God. Noah Vonley. That was with us like oh. two years left. I mean, it, it was just like every year they drafted the same guy over and over. I don't over even over. think Charlotte. I don't even think you can be picks. mad at Charlotte in this draft because this is horrible. I yeah. Mean, no, really no, like, the, no. the first five, besides Oladipo, like the first five picks were terrible. Yeah. Which Giannis Giannis turned that organization around. He could have done that for oh, there's no any question. of the 14 teams mm-hmm. that picked above Milwaukee. Yeah, could have done Charlotte. Yeah, this whole draft is just trash. I'm looking at the draft. Like, there's not a single dude in this draft where I'm like, oh, okay. That guy's a baller right now. Anthony Bennett went to Georgia, didn't he, for a year? Who? Isn't that where he went? Anthony Bennett went to Georgia? Yeah. No, you UNLV. Could, UNLV. You could say the second best player in that draft was either Gobert or McCollum, but there's mm-hmm. a gap between them there's, and Giannis. The problem is gap. there's three yeah. guys in that first round that have meant anything, and that's it. Stephen Adams is not bad. It's a lot of role players. Reggie Bullock. Exactly. Ethan Plumley, Shane Larkin. These are first-round picks. that are that Rudy Gobert like, in there. Yeah. That's oh, you mean the guy that shut down the entire universe? Yeah, uh, best defensive player of all time, right there. Patient zero. He so was only, seven. So what I'm hearing though is there's only three all stars from that draft. Yeah, like the entire yeah. thing. <laughs> like I'm looking at the second round. You might know who Jeff Withy is from Kansas. Kansas. He I was like a big that. guy, wasn't he? He was a center. Oh yeah, that's right. He was like a, he was like Drew Timmy. Oh my gosh. Jeff Withy. Five years ago. Glenn Rice Jr. <laughs> Glenn Rice Jr. is Oh, yeah, Glenn Ryan Rice's Kelly. kid from Michigan. Forgot Ryan, about that. Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly from Duke went Oh, my God. Man, I hated Kelly. him shooting threes. You he know would what either, name I wish he'd I would either make three often. in a row or he'd miss, like, he'd miss them all. <laughs> he'd miss them all. I wish I would hear Mr. Zubek's name more often. Brian Zubek. Brian Zubek. Nothing gets under my skin Zubek. more. Nothing gets under my skin more for memories playing 2K13 my career and hearing uh, Stern go, Anthony Bennett, number one pick. And then I get picked like second round or after Otto Porter. Come on. Otto Porter playing pretty well for uh, the Warriors right That's now. True. That's He's a rotation true. piece. But I mean, we got to think too. This was what, nine years, years ago? ago? Yeah. He also is a. Uh, Not that long in, ago. He's a shacked in the full Hall of Famer, though. <laughs> <laughs> and again, shows so is so is um, Javale McGee. 
Oh, he's like <laughs> big. He's the king. <laughs> Javel's still way, going. They still do that? They still do Shaq to the full? A shout-out to the NBA on TNT crew um, because uh, NHL on TNT had its debut of the Stanley Cup playoffs last night before we get into the break and talk about baseball. Um, Rick Tockett brought the Stanley Cup over to Studio J uh, to the inside of the NBA crew. Shaq held it up. That was awesome to see. Um, he asked Rick Tockett how many beers you can fit in it. Fun fact, there are 14 beers that you can fit in the Stanley Cups. Three full bottles of champagne per Rick Tockett, who has won it as a player and a coach. Um, Ernie Johnson held it up, barely above his head. Probably <laughs> I see where you're of, going with this. <laughs> a little bit of both side helped. Kenny Smith held it up. And then Charles Barkley refused to touch it. However, I will give credit to Charles Barkley. Because the one thing with the Stanley Cup and technically all of the postseason championship trophies is you don't touch it unless you're given permission to touch it. Especially the trophy with the mystique of the Stanley Cup. Right. The Stanley Cup is the most mystified, heavily guarded trophy in all of sports. Like, they have Canadian Mounties that stand there motionless and guard this thing at the Hockey Hall of Fame. You don't have this has to probably be the dirtiest trophy in all of sports, doesn't it? Well, that's why they have to like actively clean it every time after it's used. If you go back you and also... watch what Saint, you go back and watch what St. Louis did to it in nineteen, they took it to the Anheuser Busch Brewery. Okay, they got off the plane, took it to an Anheuser Busch Brewery. The beer that is sitting next to me was brewed next to the Stanley Cup. That's why I haven't opened it because it still has Stanley Cup residue on it. Well. You got to also think about this. The NHL doesn't have a Rob Gronkowski that's going to spike the, the trophy on the ground and dent it. <laughs> this is also why no one touches the conference championship trophies. If the Eastern or Western conference champion touches the conference championship trophy, they lose. The only team that's ever avoided that was the Washington Capitals. They were like, hey, we've never won a Stanley Cup. So not like we can be cursed any more than we already are. Plus they played Vegas, so. Have we Anyways. covered three sports in this? We one really segment? have. Like, <laughs> are we counting you know high school baseball in this too? Because that looks. We, we uh, took the segment too. Baseball, you know, basketball, hockey, NASCAR. What's that? Oh, no. Before you go to break, shout out to West Forsyth's boys baseball team for winning the CPC yep. conference yep. tournament last night, and shout Drowning out to out East my Forsyth. call. Thanks. <laughs> so, shout out to the East Forsyth softball team for winning the girls CPC championship last night. We'll have both. Well, we'll have playoff state playoffs Tuesday. I don't know where from, or who yet. From East, uh, I know East uh, baseball will be at home. Uh, West will be at, West will be at home as well. I don't know who they'll be playing, but uh, by virtue of winning the CPC, they do get a, a top seed, right? Uh, or they get a host. Uh, they'll they'll host because uh, they're the one seed. East will host because they're uh, they were the regular season champs. So. Um, and I'm not exactly sure where we're going to be uh, for that. I know we'll have some kind of baseball on. Uh, to, I, I think East softball is playing Tuesday. So we're kind of – they were in the state championship last year. So we're thinking about following them a little bit too. So yeah, we're, Wait, Y'all we're are in uh, Winston-Salem, right? We're, that is correct, yeah. where it's sunny, but it's not going to be sunny for long because I think there's more storms coming. We just had a tornado how, warning. I'm, I'm, the sun is out right now. I don't know when how close are y'all to Wilson? How close that's are you to Wilson? Other, that's on the other side of the state. That's like yeah. – uh, yeah. I was about to say – Got the Conference Carolinas baseball tournament going on down there. So shout hey, out. What about the Conference what about Carolinas. the Wilson Tobbs? Summer Ball's second best team. They, they are actually sponsoring the tournament. It's the best summer ball team, not named the Carolina Disco Turkeys. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we need a break. We've really gone off on a tangent here. It's been fun, but <laughs> we have to actually get back to some semblance of structure. 
You are listening to The Score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Kim Source Direct is a single source supplier. In business since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you. Located in the heart of North Carolina, they supply cleaning products all throughout the Southeast. Whether you're a commercial business, office, or municipal building, looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment, or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store open to the public and save. Kim Source Direct, 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336-515-9990. Order from the website at kimsourcedirect.com. Hello, my name is Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey. I'm running at large for the Board of Education, making sure all students have quality, accessible, and equitable education is my priority. It would be an honor to serve our community as a member of the board. Vote Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for BOE during early voting or on primary day, May 17th. Paid for by Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for BOE. IdeaCom NC, a trusted telecommunications company with 60 years of experience in unified communications. IdeaCom is about more than just phone systems. They provide a full range of communication solutions. Whether your business is big or small, from churches to schools to fire departments, depend on the best in cabling, phone systems, IT support, and more from IdeaCom of Central North Carolina. Top-rated customer service that cares about your business needs. Check out all the host of solutions at IdeaComNC.com or call at 336 Six eight five four 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 five five. Ideacom NC. Area softball stars register for the Diamond Star Softball Transfer Portal Showcase June 14th and 15th at Bob Lewis Park in Asheville, North Carolina. This showcase is for any player currently in the transfer portal or any JUCO player. Get the opportunity to showcase your skills in front of college coaches from all levels. Over the two-day event, players participate in evaluations such as softball skills and metrics by college sports evaluations, drill and team practice participation, and playing in three games. For more information, visit DiamondStarEvents.net or email Coach Ben McKinney at bmckinney at DiamondStarEvents.net. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio's TGIF lineup. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got to do I ain't set this up. I ain't know nothing about this. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Damn it. You're welcome. TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Back here on the score for our Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com. Our Wiseman joined by our producer, Desmond Johnson, and Michael Davis. Special thanks to Christian Emery and Alex Wilbur for making their appearances this afternoon as we're in the midst of some severe weather. Hoping to get out to uh, Truist Stadium later on tonight to help out the Winston Salem Dash with some uh, with some stuff at the ballpark. Hopefully, we can get that game in uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be with Ryan Stone and Desmond Johnson at the Greensboro Coliseum. Carolina Cobras, Jacksonville Sharks will be calling that one for you, uh, as we will all season long. Carolina Cobras football, they're coming in hot, hotter than hot. So uh, if you can't make it out to the Snake Pit, uh, which there's no reason why you can't, uh, if the weather's good, uh, you can't make it out to the Snake Pit at the Greensboro Coliseum, come uh, come tune in or grab your AirPods and listen to us in, in the Coliseum. Uh, do one or both. Um, anyways, Michael, your team pitch clock. I know that we'll get into other baseball related things in a second, but I want to tell you this, 
and I've seen this firsthand in my work with Learfield and Washington State Baseball because the governing body that is most screwed up the pitch clock is the Pac-12. Um, there's a way around it. Yes, there are violations, and technically if you violate it, it's a balk, and the runners get to move forward, where if there's no runner, the batter gets into it. There's, it's, there's so many rules with it that actually make the game longer as a result of it being violated. You know how you get away with not making the violation? You step off the rubber, and then step off, and then step off, or throw a pickoff. Step off, pickoff. You could step off nine times in one at-bat, run the pitch clock down to one, step off, and it resets. That defeats the entire purpose. Now, the modified pitch clock that's being used in the in AAA right now is a success. It's shaving time off of games. But here's my thing. Those kids last night in Clemens didn't care how long the game was, even though it was only seven innings and not nine because it was high school. Those kids didn't care how long the game was. This whole, we got to shave time off of games. Look, I get that we want to reach a younger audience, but at some point, the integrity of the game of baseball is going to be thrown into the mud. So you have a question to ask yourself if you are Rob Dinkelberg, Rob Manfred, and the brass of Major League Baseball. Do we ruin baseball further to gain two, 5% more fans, or would he, do we keep the loyal me and the other 85, 90% of loyal fans? What, what do you do? Because you can't ruin the game. The, you need to come to a conclusion, which is we can't lose what makes our game special at the expense of a long shot of gaining a younger audience. Baseball is what it is and has gotten to the point that it is because of what it has been for the entire history of time. If you don't like how long a baseball game is, don't watch. If you don't like what happens in a baseball game, don't watch. Those of us that are going to watch are going to watch, period. We don't need all these stupid rule changes. People like me that's sitting here wearing this Cardinals hat and have a calendar behind me, we don't care. Okay, I will sit there for a 20-inning game and be happy with it because I love baseball. The people that love baseball are always going to love baseball. You're going to drive those people away if you continue pitch clocks, modified pitch clocks, all this other crap. Okay? I get it, but in the same vein, you can't drive people like me and my dad and my grandfather away. Period. You can't do it. Especially when there's ways around it. To make to actually make the game longer. Okay. So, every time I've heard this argued or debated, it's always the traditionalist aspect. Which Well, I was I against agree. the designated hitter, too. So, there's <laughs> um, so with, with the... I'm obviously team pitch clock, okay? With the pitch clock, I don't know if there's anything being taken away from the game. Like, baseball is still getting played, okay? With the pitch clock, you're making sure that the pitcher has a time to release the ball. 
the NBA used to not have a shot clock. They implement a shot clock. The fans still stayed, and obviously the NBA has grown over the last several years after implementing the shot clock. College basketball reduced their shot clock. Twice. Fans still stayed. Twice. Fans still stayed. So I don't, I don't necessarily believe that putting a pitch clock in is ruining the game of baseball. It's just how baseball is evolving. And adding That's a pitch a clock argument. isn't isn't going to ruin the actual tradition of baseball. Like I went to a Hickory Crawdads game a couple weeks ago, which I, I believe Crawdads are in Winston-Salem this week. They are. Right? They are go Dads. In go Dads. Tonight. Pinch them. One's for fighting. One's for loving. Okay. So is that their thing? That, that is their thing. If not, oh me God. and my buddies made it up. But I, I've went to watch, you know, two or three Crawdads games this year. And the pitch clock has made the game go smooth and swift. We ended up going for like a double header. And me and my buddies didn't feel like we were worn out from watching the game. But we didn't think that the game of baseball had changed. Like it was still the same game. Just we know that in the next however many seconds, there's going to be another pitch. And that's good. There's expectations. There's a guideline. There's a box that pitchers now have to abide by. And if they don't do it, you know, delay of game, football, NFL, they have a play clock. See, we're, here, here's my thing. <clears throat> Just as offenses in the NFL get into a rhythm in which they go to a hurry up or they huddle up and run the play clock down to five or four consistently, this is what makes baseball great and why I'm kind of upset that the National League has a designated hitter. This takes the psychological chess match aspect out of baseball. People ask me why I like NASCAR so much, not because of just everything that's involved in it. I like the psychological chess match aspect of pit stop strategy. I love that. It's one of my favorite things about NASCAR because that can make or break races at times. I love double switches. I love lineup movement in the middle of a game. I love that psychological in-game chess match between manager versus manager or batter versus pitcher. If a pitcher's in a certain rhythm, guy calls time, he steps out. If a pitcher feels like a hitter's in a certain rhythm, he steps off or throws a pick off to first. That's one of my favorite things about baseball is games within the game. A pitch clock takes away from this psychological battle of wills. This psychological battle of baseball IQ. Which I have grown to love and cherish as part of the game. Now I get your your point's completely fair. And I to an extent I agree with it. But that happens at the expense. Because you're telling a guy when to pitch... You're also telling a guy when to swing. Not judging by whether it's a fastball or a changeup or a curveball. You're not telling him to swing based on when the pitch is coming. You're telling him to swing as soon as he lets go of the ball. From a hitter's standpoint, a lot of guys are going to go off of that. It's going to throw off guys' timing. Pitchers aren't going to be able to get into a rhythm because they, when things are set, There's no rhythm because the rhythm has been decided. Same thing with a batter. 
He knows when the pitch is coming. He can't step out and think. The pitcher knows when he has to pitch. He can't think. There's no more psychological chess match. To me, that takes a lot of the fun out of it. We got to get in a small break here. And then, uh, Michael, um, you have some wrestling news to tell us about. Oh, yeah. Wrestling? Wrestling! It's still real to me. <laughs> Can't say the other word. listening to The Score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Area softball stars, register for the Diamond Star Softball Transfer Portal Showcase June 14th and 15th at Bob Lewis Park in Asheville, North Carolina. This showcase is for any player currently in the transfer portal or any JUCO player. Get the opportunity to showcase your skills in front of college coaches from all levels. Over the two-day event, players participate in evaluations such as softball skills and metrics by college sports evaluations, drill and team practice participation, and playing in three games. For more information, visit DiamondStarEvents.net or email Coach Ben McKinney at bmckinney at DiamondStarEvents.net. Carolina Cobras. If I take that field, if I take that field, if my game starts to slide, if my game starts to slide, I have no fear. I have no fear. If my brother got my gun, my brother got my ass. Catch them all season long. That's all we got. That's all we got. On your home for triad sports. Oh, are we right here? Are we right here? Are we right here? TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Back here on the score, Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman, joined by our producer, Desmond Johnson, Michael Davis. Special thanks to Christian Emery and Alex Wolver for coming on. Since I know nothing about the following topic, Michael Davis and Desmond Johnson will take over uh, because I know nothing about wrestling. Brett, you're learning, which is okay. Um, so WWE, what they call WrestleMania Backlash, is this Sunday, 48 hours away maybe about 51 hours, but they have hyped a tag team title unification match one month after Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar uh, to unify those tiles, which I called on the show a couple months ago. And they advertised the RK Bro versus the Usos, combined the tag titles, and then last week on SmackDown, they did a swerve. They said, psych, we're not unifying the tag titles. We're just <laughs> going to have a six-man tag team match. To get Roman Reigns in the main event. Yes, this, this this makes no sense. Something's going to change tonight on SmackDown. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is that they're going to end up putting uh, either the WWE Championship on the line or they're going to make it still the tag team unification thing or both. Uh, you know, they put the tag team titles on the line and Roman puts the WWE Championship on the line. And then that way, Roman can lose the belt without getting pinned. So Jay or Jimmy can eat the pin. Uh, the WWE belt goes back to Raw. Uh, at that point, I'm not sure who you put it on. I guess it'd be whoever pins whoever. So I, I, Drew, I guess. You put it on Drew. 
and then you can kind of build a whole year of Roman Drew or whatever. But uh, they're not going to have anybody pin Roman anytime soon. This feels like a match that was made for Raw or SmackDown. It doesn't yeah. really feel like a pay-per-view match. So they, they got to add some kind of stipulation to it tonight to make you want to tune in on Sunday. Otherwise, I'll just wait till Monday or whatever and flip it on. But there's not really a lot of matches on this card that I'm really, you know, like up for. Yeah, there's a lot of repeats from WrestleMania. Yeah, if it just mean? feels like it took the the WrestleMania card and was like, ah, let's not do that again. We blew that one off. Ooh, we can still do this one again. We can do this one again. We do this, and then they just kind of threw it together. What happened to? They were kind of hinting at Roman versus Shinsuke Nakamura yeah, a couple weeks that, ago. I just dropped it. <laughs> that was my other point. Is the first SmackDown after WrestleMania it looked like Roman versus Nakamura. I'm like, okay, there you have your title match. Obviously, Nakamura is not beating Reigns, but at least you can get Roman Reigns on the card because you can't have backlash without Roman Reigns. He's your biggest draw right now. The and yeah, Nakamura has disappeared. I keep seeing these things about how Vince McMahon wants to turn him back babyface eventually and all this other stuff. And I'm like, why? Like, this is we he's been booed the whole time he's he's been in WWE. He finally leans into it. And now I, I can't get enough of the bloodline. I love the bloodline, but I love them as heels. Like I want to cheer mm -hmm. them as heels. I don't want to have him flip and be a babyface and go right back to the cookie cutter Roman Reigns stuff that he was doing before when he knows that doesn't work. And from talking to Roman Reigns, it sounds like he knows that too. So it almost feels like him and Paul Heyman are writing their own storyline, that they're not mm -hmm. underneath Vince or whoever. They're just being carte blanche to do whatever they want, and it's working. So, Which is uh, why it's working. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, they never really gave him a chance to be himself. It was just kind of the John Cena thing where they were trying to make him into John Cena. But I don't – the Usos have held the, the SmackDown tag team titles longer than anybody now too. So yeah. it doesn't really make sense to take the belts off of any of them. Uh, what does make sense is for them to start building a program of Reigns versus Reigns or SummerSlam. Like, mm. that's what I would be doing. And I think that's what they're doing now. They're planting the seeds for Orton versus Reigns down the road because Orton's sitting on, I think it's 14. 14. 14. So, yeah, so you know that's going to come back around uh, sooner than later um, for one of these stadium shows. It'll be SummerSlam or whatever, but it'll be Orton or, or it'll probably be uh, – Drew McIntyre, but I don't see Roman losing this belt anytime soon. Like to who? Like who would make the most sense? Well, that's the thing is like they haven't really built anybody up to challenge Roman Reigns. Yeah, but he can have now, one of these long uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Bruno San Martino like three year type run, you know, and never be pinned. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking he breaks a thousand days as Universal Champion. I don't even know if they get the WWE championship off of them unless it's something crazy like a triple threat match. Yeah. Like I, I, now that I can see at SummerSlam, maybe a triple threat, him, Orton and uh, McIntyre. Yeah. And one of them, the other two pin the other. And that's how he loses it. That's, that's usually how they get the belt off of Brock. They put him in some mm -hmm. kind of triple threat or somebody would hit him in the mommy daddy button, which is apparently his weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I, go back, go back to every single Brock Lesnar match that he has fought since he's returned to the WWE. What? The, the mommy daddy button, mommy like, daddy button. Yeah, the mommy <laughs> daddy button. So, like, go back to any match he's lost in the past six or seven years, and every single one of those matches has one common thread. Somewhere in that match, Brock Lesnar's opponent hit him in the mommy daddy button, which like, <laughs> like deactivates him like a toy or something, and he he's he's like on the ground like a turtle, like on their back of their tail or whatever. But that's for the record, 
That's the that trick. Would, that would put any man down. That, that's that true. Chris Lee said the same thing when I when I mentioned it to him. He was like, that, that's, "That's where my cat landed perfect. last night. I was I was laying down, kind of just your cat landed. Cat on landed. Mommy, dad, bud. I kind of want that, don't you? I don't even know what that's PG. No, because he well, no. <laughs> Family program. I was laying down, getting ready to go. And he was on the nightstand, and he lunged to you know get in between me and and Kiernan, my girlfriend, and. When he came down, landed right on the the mommy daddy, daddy button, the family jewels. Not fun. Probably a good place to end the show. Yeah, <laughs> mommy really daddy good. Button. I could do it right there. We got yeah, like you got like a minute. So if you want to, um, <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, I'll be on Desmond's show, the rundown. Um, we'll be talking about. We'll get, uh, we'll get Michael in there sometime too. We do. Um, sure. We'll uh, have a uh, Desmond's yearly why Desmond should care about hockey segment. Um, and why otherwise known, as, otherwise known as hockey for dummies, because I don't know enough about <laughs> hockey. We do this every year on the rundown. It's like, no, this is, this is really not is. just a this year thing. This is, I might have to watch. I bring in a guy who I know is very dummies. passionate about hockey. And I usually bring in a second person uh, tomorrow to be Brett Wiseman and Larry Frank from frankly speaking sports. And they'll get a segment to try to convince me to watch a uh, NHL hockey game. Like, well, I'm, he lives near the Nashville Predators, so his credibility is already dwindling. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. we got yeah, we got that tomorrow. Um, we'll, NBA playoffs. Yeah. Uh, we'll have the Giannis conversation. We'll talk about CP CP3's legacy. If he actually wins a ring, where would you place mm-hmm. him in terms of the hierarchy of point guards in the NBA? Um, also, yeah. don't forget we got Carolina Cobras football tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, uh, nightcap Saturday night. Yep, uh, we got lots of programming for you. But uh, yeah. Uh, nightcap Carolina Cobras football. They're hot. Uh, if you can't make it out to the snake pit, uh, tune in or listen to us in the arena. Uh, here, I can tell you exactly. So tomorrow you got box to row with, uh, North Carolina anti-Aggies, uh, voice Donald Ware. That's at 9 a.m. Rundown with Desmond Johnson. That's me. That's live tomorrow, starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, they'll take it to noon. Uh, believing Carolina Panthers is at noon. That's myself and Skylar Callahan from sports illustrated. Franchise players replay. Uh, this week's guest was Connor O'Neill, uh, beat writer for Duke and Wake Forest. That's at uh, one o'clock. Sports Wire Radio Live is at two thirty. That's three hours long, and then uh, the Snake Pit at six thirty, which is Coach Resignalo's uh, weekly show with Ryan Stone, and then the Cobras and Sharks at seven. And I believe Brett. we have a pregame show. Do we not? No, uh, we run the uh, the weekly the coaches, coaches show that comes show. on Wednesday. Okay. We just run yep. that ahead of the game. So boom, they'll be playing the Jacksonville Sharks uh, tomorrow night. So uh, pretty big matchup, two division rivals, two of the better teams in the NAL over the past couple of years. So it should be a fun one uh, from the Greensboro Coliseum for Desmond Johnson, our producer Michael Davis, Christian Emery, Alex Wilbur, everybody who hates Rob Manfred. Good night. Protect your mommy daddy button, friends. That means no. (laughs) I can't. I can't with you people.